When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to 51 First Dates. I'm Liza. And I'm Kimmy. And we are doing an experiment. And talking about dating. And love. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Cheers. Cheers. Hi, everybody. I'm Liza. And I'm Kimmy. And this is 51 First Dates. It's a podcast where we talk a lot of shit. Um... <laughs> about dating and other things in life. Liza, how are you? You know, I'm I'm here. I'm I'm alive and I feel fine. <laughs> Kimmy's you know been very patient with like hearing me talk about how tired I am for a couple weeks, which, you know, is annoying. It's never not annoying when someone just talks a lot about how tired they are, but you've been a very you've been a very kumbaya uh, patient friend with my it's bullshit because I relate so hard to it and I honestly think you know saying I'm busy I feel so busy or I feel so tired gets a bad rap in today's society and I understand why we shouldn't brag about being busy or like being so exhausted but that's usually not what I'm doing and I'm, I'm certain it's not what you're, you're doing it's more just like you're like I feel so at the end of my rope like I have nothing else to give it's so overwhelming I have felt that way in recent months so I just think if Eliza or anyone out there is feeling that way like let yourself have all of the feelings that go with that including temper tantrums sleeping in all day on the weekend if you can um, I'm thinking about things I've done clearly sorry Same. for me Not it's extreme bursts of random fussiness over nothing <laughs> Like today at 3 p.m., Jeff was like, hey, can we look at this like wedding website thing together? And I was like, no, do you know how much I have on my plate? And he and I was like, I'm sorry. You know, like 10 minutes later, I was like, that was irrational. I could have just said I can't right now, but maybe later. Like, you know. But, you know, uh, actually, uh, I just I feel you, Liza. I have been. It's very hard. So Liza is in grad school right now and working and planning a wedding. Whoa, that's a lot. I have started a new job. I have felt overwhelmed. And I do think this is a topic we can dive into maybe more in another episode. But like in a relationship, especially when I know we're going out now, but like in my home, people, me me and day 13 are not going to offices. So it feels like, I don't know, it's just ripe for my kind of outbursts like that as well. I feel selfish sometimes, but I also then talk to you know, anyone else in my life, like my dad is like, that's the beginning of a job. You should just be like over like that. That should be it. You should be working hard. It should be late or beginning of school. Like, and it's really hard if your partner's not in the same boat, even if they're trying to be understanding, like there have been so many fights in my household of late. And I think it's because we're on very different schedules right now. Totally. Um, And I also think that right now, like it's not like the world is back to normal by any means, but I, I think a lot of people are starting to re-enter some kind of normal pattern or are going places more often or starting to go to work or 
Like I've been going to school in person, obviously with like masks and vaccines and regular tests and all the temperature checks and all of the stuff that we do now. But it it to go from having like a lot of space and time, not that we wanted it, <laughs> to uh, my my threshold is different. Look, Kimmy knows this. I've always been a tired person. Like I'm not someone with as mu- I've never had as much energy as normal people my age. I don't know why, but I'm trying to get okay with it. But all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, it takes less for me to get really exhausted. And already it didn't take a lot. So I think that, like, I'm trying to be a little bit gentle and patient with myself around, like, my barometer for or whatever my the, the um I don't know what word I'm looking for. The, like, meter has been reset by our COVID almost two years now of what we can take. And I feel myself getting overstimulated way easier or whatever it is. So I'm trying to be patient with myself on that. And I would encourage everybody else to do the same. Yeah. I, you, and speaking of temp checks, you just mentioned that. I was like, oh, yeah, temperature checks. That's a thing that we do still. This is like, if you're if you're new here, welcome. Uh, we <laughs> do talk about dating, but we often have a temp check at the beginning of the episode where we just kind of check in with each other because – the best part about continuing to do this podcast is that I get to speak to my dear friend Liza every week and we it's live friendship. on the opposite sides. It's of the my country. most weekly friendship time. It's my most we weekly, do. my most regular friendship time. My most <laughs> like most even of people who live in the too. same city as me, this is like my most regular friendship time. And me we're doing too. it with mics, but you know, what are you going to do? It's it's honestly better <laughs> that's, you know, speaking of just changes from the pandemic. I'm realizing yeah, I need to be better about staying in touch with people who don't live in my city. It's been easy to see people again who live in your city. It's trickier otherwise. That is neither here nor there. But Liza, you're doing great. Also, in any relationship, whether you're starting to date or when when it's – sorry to interrupt myself. It's so annoying when someone's like, I'm so busy with work. But whether it's the beginning of dating and you think it's a fuckboy with an excuse, but it also might be someone with a really busy schedule who's trying to date or if it's like deep into a relationship where you're getting married – I think relationships, inevitably healthy ones, like one person will become kind of the, I don't know, (laughs) I was going to say quarterback, which is a sports metaphor, which is insane. But like the one who like has the more demanding everything, who you have to like prop up for a while or like, yeah, I'm that person in my relationship right now. But that's why my boyfriend lives in Los Angeles, you know, things like that. Well, sometimes even even within the same day, you know, sometimes you're the flower and sometimes you're the gardener and you need. Thank you different like you know your needs are evolving and it's a it's a good sign if someone can raise to meet your needs or rise meet your needs or if you know someone doesn't like pick up that slack like these things are even now when I like snapped at Jeff earlier over nothing instead of escalating he was like okay like you know like I think he just knew like all right you know maybe later or what like like there are... god bless jeff i'm just have to say that because that He's... is not how it goes in my little well lots of times it does i mean it escalates a lot I, often it escalates because if we're both ha- like if we've we've um deconstructed this like when we're both having a flare up of fussiness no one can deescalate but if one of us, you know, he was just chilling today, working. He had just taken a walk and eaten lunch. Like, he was in a good place. So he could recognize my flare-up of fussiness as a flare-up of fussiness. But 
if we're both in that place, then like, of course, it's going to escalate into a fight or whatever. And then later we'll be like, oh, we were just both fucking in, in a shitty mood and it we bumped it, our shitty moods bumped into each other or whatever. Oh, I like that. I like but that. it's hard. It's it's really hard, especially when you are together like 24 seven. Yeah, it's very comforting to hear you say that you fight. If you all can't hear it in my voice, I just feel like I've been in a fighting phase in my relationship, which hmm, is fun. Yeah. <laughs> not, but like, I don't know. We can do a fighting episode, but it's interesting. It feels inevitable. I knew like obviously honeymoon phase ended a while ago, but I just like re- real life things throwing themselves in your face. Fighting yeah. is it's just comforting to know your relationship and know where you're at and be like, oh, yeah, it's okay. Totally. And also like I do think that there are phases of fighting like I will and this is something like Jeff and I will even like we like do 360 reviews on sometimes where we've been like there was like a a month maybe like a month ago we had a like little tiff at bedtime for five nights in a row (laughs) over just oh you're taking too long to come to bed and I keep falling asleep and then you came in and you woke me up and then this and then whatever and you turned the light on and I was asleep like just all around sleep habits and we literally were like, we should get a, a board like they have in, um, you know, like workplaces where it's like zero days without like a sleep fight or whatever, because it was so many days in a row. And like, I don't know why, but I do think that like fighting phases are a thing and it has to do with mm-hmm. stress levels and your ability to like, you know, take the time to deconstruct why you're fighting, which sometimes you just don't have that time, you know, or you don't have the energy or whatever. But I think it's normal. Let us know if you guys agree out there. <laughs> yeah, let us know. Okay, that's, that's another episode. So if you don't feel like hearing about fighting, don't you worry because we will not talk about it. We are here today to talk about turning a spark into a flame. We are going to break down a lovely Esther Perel article uh, that, you know, I think you should all read her blog. Like, we have admittedly stopped our Substack. We love you. We're sorry. We may be back one day. If you are missing it, EsterPerel.com slash blog. I would recommend it. Um, and you just said that like that- she advertises. EsterPerel.com slash blog. That's E-S-T-H-E-R-P-E-R-E-L.com slash blog. Okay. I didn't need to do that whole thing. I mean, I would be honored to be sponsored by EP. Uh, but before that, we'll do like, you know, our normal consumption corner. Talk about what we're watching and we will talk about just some some rapid fire dating questions just to keep it spicy because yes, my friends, this is a solo Liza Kimmy episode. It has been a minute. Obviously, Carlin and our excellent guests will be back soon, but I don't know. This is really fun and nice, and I hope you like it too. <laughs> I'm always in a weird mood when we record now. Okay. <laughs> I love then it. we will wrap things with a Reddit chip. F yeah, they're fun. We love them. We love you. Ah, just can't stop judging the way I'm saying everything. <laughs> it's just you're perfect. You're doing it's amazing, mood. sweetie. And Thank you. Let go and let God. Chris I'm going to use all my favorite Kim Kardashian quotes today. <laughs> so, do you want to do consumption real quick? Speaking yeah, let's of- do consumption real quick. Um, I will go first because I have watched nothing interesting except for an enormous amount of short films that no one wants to hear about. <laughs> Uh, I hear you. Uh, oh, wait a minute. No, I do have one. I'm so sorry. Yes, yes. I saw Dune this weekend. Ooh. Oh, my God. Wait. How did sorry. I forget? 
I was oh just thinking I'm so proud of us for not having to talk about like Courtney and Travis getting engaged. That's just not the brand of this podcast. It's cool if you love the Kardashians, whatever, fun, blah, blah, blah. But I was like, oh, I love that we're just like glossing right over that. Yeah. But could we please talk about Oscar Isaac and Timotei? Because my oh, God. My Two and God. one. Okay, like I and so Zendaya. I mean, it was the whole cast. Also, the woman who played Timothy's mother, whose name I'm going to forget. I think she's Swedish, maybe or Finnish. Um, she also stunning, great actor. I mean, like Ugh. overall, I'm not a sci-fi person. I don't have any relationship to the book. Jeff loves this book. He's been so excited about the movie. We went to see it in IMAX. Which, like, if you feel safe and are vaccinated really go see this in the theaters it's so it was one of those it was the first movie I've seen in theaters since pre-covid where I was like I had to see this in theaters it was so good I walked out feeling like pumped up it reminded me of like one of the 70s Star Wars like it's just like good Mm. storytelling good characters invested cool world like great the effects they do a lot of like um practical effects there's not a lot of CGI like it just there was something about it that was so satisfying. Sand. Sorry. And <laughs> oh my gosh. Sand. A <laughs> lot like of sand flying around. Sand Wars. everywhere. And <laughs> Oscar Isaac, like Timothy, I think Timothy's a great actor, but I, I need, I'm like young and small. It makes me feel old and large. So I, he does not do it for me, but especially after watching scenes from a marriage, which I cannot get out of my head. Like, that fucking Oscar Isaac beard face existence. And he just plays this like moral, like truthful, like center of the movie. Whew. I'm it's a lot. I am like you were very, very ahead of the curve on this crush. You had a crush on him in like 2012. And you like I think you invented Oscar Isaac being everyone's celebrity crush. And here I am many years later being like, holy shit. I had such a crush on him. <laughs> you were the first no, one. This is not you were a the only reason why. But there is someone I hooked up with very directly related to this crush, I feel. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, baby. Eliza knows. No, I am not a trendsetter. I saw a tweet. I wish it would take me too long to find, and it's late for Eliza right now, but maybe next time, or I'll post it on her Instagram and credit. But it was basically like, yes, I will like every Oscar Isaac pit picture on Instagram that I see without even thinking about if I've liked it already just like heart I don't know it was very funny it was obviously funnier than I just said but I was like that's been me lately I don't know if I'm the on the 51 first dates Instagram or my own the cut has another picture of him up bing bing I'm liking you it. sent like, me the wardrobe heart. photos like the, the wardrobe yes. the, the costume designer of scenes from a marriage posted some like just photos reference photos she took of him in his scenes from a marriage costume and you were just graceful enough to send them to me and I've looked at them 17 times Liza gets three types of DMs for me. One, like, look at this crazy, like, like conspiracy theater theory wellness world because I remain fascinated. Two, Oscar Isaac, and three, mm, that maybe just Oscar Isaac. Maybe there's not a three. All, all of the content that I want from the internet, I know Kimmy's gonna, Kimmy's gonna get it to me. Ah, uh, well, um, I really want to go in theaters. It sounds like a lot of people went in theaters because. HBO Max keeps trying to get me to turn it on. I'm like, Mm-mm-mm-mm. I want to go. I have no relationship yeah. to the book or the previous movie. I don't care, but I, I want to go. I'd rather go. So I haven't seen James Bond yet. I'd rather go see Dune than James Bond. Is that correct or is that wrong? I felt the same way. And I like a James Bond movie, but I was just like, this feels new. I'm I'm really tired of franchises in life. I'm just a little bit, you know, I'm not like a 
franchise person and for me to be like, oh, there's a good, big scale theater movie that's not a franchise post-COVID. I mean, I know this movie is going to be part one of two, but (laughs) I I really, (laughs) I had a great time. I got popcorn and a Diet Coke and man, it was fun. Oh, F yes. Popcorn is so good. Okay. Uh, speaking of seeing something in a theater, this is a few weeks old now, but I'm, it, it will shout it out. You all know my very favorite podcast. Well, I have two, Who Weekly and Poog. Um, well, I have many. <laughs> a lot just popped in my head. But I will not bore you. This is not just free speaking time for Kimmy. Okay. Um, uh, Poog, one of the hosts of Poog is Jacqueline Novak. I finally saw her show, Get On Your Knees. It was here at Largo in LA, and it's so fucking good. It's a one-woman show. It's so simple. It's about blowjobs, but it's about so much more. Um, I just – I want you all to see it if it's in your city. So check out her tour. Um, and then what else did it's I so see? It's so good. I thought I had something else. Oh, I told you all I would start – the trash that is Winter House on Bravo, where people from Summer House and Southern Charm and then some random sprinkle in models come together in a house in Vermont for 17 days in a row. And my God, I enjoyed the first episode. I think because these people are so like horned up, ready to party from quarantine. And, you know, I I just really appreciated living vicariously through them all being together at a, a a disgusting well the house is nice but I can feel it getting disgusting week one like just partying in a winter house like just getting drunk and yeah in weird winter outfits I just I enjoy it I can't lie I love Everyone's it hot yeah I love into it winter like drunk hangouts in houses I loved you know yes. I love on the on the bachelor bachelorette franchise where they go to a cold frosty place and wear turtlenecks like I love it all you know what I haven't watched, but I want to because I like her, is Michelle's season of The Bachelorette. But- Same. Carlin's watching it. And I, I, I okay. in, the mi- in the middle of another a text conversation about something else, I asked her what she was thinking about it, and she didn't answer that question specifically. So maybe I'll question mark mm-hmm. that. I'll emphasize that with a question mark in our text thread. <laughs> or next time she comes on, question she mark. can tell us about it. That's the worst. Okay, let's do our fast five. <laughs> I Let's just do named it. another segment. Temp check, consumption corner, fast five, baby. I'm on one. Okay. Liza. Yes. I'll read the first one. Okay. Is it ever okay to date someone that your friend dated? Yes, but only in 2% of cases. Yeah. What are those cases? I agree. And I think the most important thing here is that you need to give them the heads up. Yes. 100%. I think the cases are like it's someone they dated in high school and now you're in your 30s or it's someone they slept with a couple times, maybe like went on a few dates with and are like, oh, my God, I don't care. You know, like, it, like we all have I have yes. people who in my past who, I, who if someone was like, would you mind? Could you? I would be like, oh, my God, please date them. Like, yeah, you know, and I think everyone has like one or two people like that in their past. If it's someone your friend dated as an adult, seriously, and uh, no. You Never. are a socio. Like, absolutely yes. not. No, sorry. I realized that I was interpreting date in the way that, like, I've spent most of my life and not the recent years. Like, just literally even just made out with. Like, it's okay, to your point, if it's – it was so long ago. Like, you swiped and you you realize your friend your – or your, you, you swipe, you show your friend. I'm like, hey, Liza. Or Liza is on my app 
as she was, you know. And you're like, oh, I actually in college had a huge crush on this guy and we made out a couple times. I want to know that info before I go there. I want to know that because I just feel like I don't have a lot, Scorpio season, but I don't have a lot of um, room for forgiveness there. Like I get very jealous. It's not my favorite. So I think. Totally. Also, I would say you kind of can't listen to your friend. If your friend's like, oh my God, totally date him. That was whatever. Uh, Don't listen to them unless it was like. Mm-hmm. over 10 years ago and you know for a fact that they didn't like love them you know I think that's the thing if your friend loved them or even thought they might love them even if yes. your friend is like oh my god definitely date them I just want them to be happy fucking no walk away don't yeah be like did you ever cry about them not even that did you ever like refresh your phone to see if they had a text did you ever stalk who they were following on Instagram like anything like that that it doesn't have to be requited love or crushing just I feel yeah it can't go well friendship is more valuable and mm, I don't know also just no it just feels messy I'm anti okay yeah um okay next question should you share your location with your SO good question what do you think well, I do. Unfortunately, this was something that I feel like was turned on. I would say no, you shouldn't. I feel like this was turned on at a time, a long time ago, with like getting when I'm closer to the apartment or something. When, when we were long distance, we turned it on. But now I'm like, don't you dare turn it off. Like, I want to know where you are. So it's nightmare. It's not worth it. I you know, don't find myself checking it that much because I do trust who I'm dating, but like, God damn it. Don't do it. I think. Yeah. I I think don't either. I don't think it can lead to a lot of good stuff. I have mine, my me, Jeff and I have our location shared, but I like, don't know that I've ever checked it partially because it's been since we are together so much of the goddamn time because of COVID. But that's like I did check it. There was one night when he was out drinking and I just was like trying to figure out if he's a very, very bad and slow texter. And I was just trying to figure out if I should go to bed or wait up for him to come home. And, you know, I knew I knew what bar he was at. He told me what bar he was at. And like I was like, I wonder, you know, it was like two in the morning. I was like, if he's still at the bar, like I'm just going to go to bed because it'll be 45 minutes before he's home. So like that's like, the you know, the only time I've checked it. But I'm like, yeah. oh my god, what if it showed him at some random? Like, you know, it definitely. It's I wasn't. Yeah, no, it I because I have no anxiety issues about him not being where he says he is or lying to me. It's just like, even if he had like popped over to the bodega to get a bag of chips, would I have like you know? Like, yes, so. I. Yes, I think that's all right. I think that yeah, I just realized airports it can be useful, even though like. It's not perfect. You're like, are you actually like if you're driving, you're like, how close are you to getting out? I think that, though, when this happened again so long ago that when pre-COVID, um, when Tony would go on business trips, sometimes I would not hear from him. They're socializing and be like checking, just being like, where in Disney World are you? Like as though I could find out, are you home or not? Or what would it even tell me? You know, but I, that's not my best self. And yeah, I would just say, I, yeah, I would say you don't need to because then maybe, maybe Liza, you're more evolved than me. But no, I think kind of, you can't go back from it. So maybe don't do it to start. And I think if you feel the need to check it, 
a lot, then that tells you something that is like maybe more worth having a conversation about. You know what I mean? Like I think it's one of those yes. things where it's yes. easy to rely on the app to avoid having a conversation. Um, yep. And if I had had – if this had been an option technologically in the first like probably like three years of my relationship, I probably would have been really, really checky of it. And that would have made me feel bad. Like not – bad about doing it not guilty but just I would have been in my head a lot yeah it just puts you in your head it's very similar the feeling reminds me of like when I used to like see who was liking someone I was half dating's pictures and I don't know like all those weird things where you're you're avoiding a conversation that's it you know yeah just because you have a technological out yeah totally you're not out but and it's yeah. never going to make you feel better. You're never going to get the answer you want. You, you're going to convince yourself like, oh, that person doesn't like you. Well, who's this person? This is me when I used to like really do some That's work on everyone. Oh, my God. <laughs> I still do this sometimes with just random fucking shit where it's like, ooh, these, I know these two people are having a fight. Let me see if this person. Again, COVID, bored, blah, blah, blah. But Whoa. Yes. Look, true. we all have these Same. digital habits where we're like, I want to look, you know. So Wait, did they break up? Did they? Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Bury that. We are or like, I had two friends who had like a falling out many years ago, and sometimes I'll still be like, I wonder if they like each other's posts. It doesn't make any sense. Oh, uh, but and, it makes me feel so human because same. <laughs> yeah. Same. And I don't even. I I literally don't even scroll on my Instagram feed. Like I mostly just watch stories, and that's it these days. And yeah. I'll still go check weird shit like or you know X's for sure. sure. Like it's just bad shit. So save yourself the technological headache. <laughs> yes. Um okay. Okay, what's the next one? What should I do if I haven't heard from someone by 2 p.m. on the day we're supposed to go on a date? Mm. I hate this. I hate this. I would have no good answer. At 2, I would what I would do is send a text that's like thoughts for tonight question mark just like very generic and short so that you know you are getting the answer you need with a minimum of drama because I I mean I yep like it would be great to not text but I'm these days I'm very much more in the camp of like just fucking ask not these days always because it's more you're going to spend more of your time thinking about it if you just fire off a text and if they don't text you back within like an hour and they text you back be like sorry I hadn't heard from you like made some other plans or something yeah I like that so I think what okay so if this is a first date what I did on this podcast and used to do would be what you said like I think if it's not a first date absolutely do what Liza said don't even continue listening just turn off the podcast you're good no but if it's a first date I would and you haven't met in person yet and it was just like app chatter I would maybe just not text wait till you hear from them because inevitably you will and be like yeah I have other plans or if it's the next day be like oh yeah I had other plans like I just feel like there's it's not petty yet because you don't know each other and there's some power in that even if you didn't have plans because I used to like I specifically remember a date on this podcast where he was like, it's raining. It's like, I can't anymore. Oh my God. And it was like 5 yes. p.m. And I was like kind of pushing it. And like, how lame did that make me look? And he didn't know it was for a podcast. So it was like for content, but <laughs> also for finding love. But yeah, I just think that, I don't know, like I'm not all about playing cool, but I feel like updating is so terrible and tricky in so many ways. Like 
do the minimum so that your ego can't be deflated at all. If it's a first date, again. If it's not, oh my God, just text them to be like, hey, what's up? We have plans. Where are you taking me? Yes. When is my Uber grabbing me? I don't know. Exactly. Okay, next one. What's the best way to ask to define the relationship? I mean, this is an entire episode. We've definitely done them, but always a good one. I don't, I, I, this is another one I feel like I've evolved on as I'm older. I think if you have to ask, if you, if you have to ask, you probably have a certain idea in mind of what you want it to be. So would say maybe you tell or are you asking in a way that's like, hey, I want this. What are you thinking? Rather, mm, or can you meet me there? Because I think that when you ask someone, what are we? That's giving up all your power. Yeah, definitely. And I also think that sometimes if you this this is something I'm going to say and then like walk back immediately. But I also think if you are feeling stressed about asking or you're not sure how to, you're not seeing like you're not seeing forward momentum in a way that makes you happy. Like I feel like in general, you should feel like Mm -hmm. the levels of commitment and interest and investment are rising equally or almost equally on both sides in like a way that's consistent so like you go from seeing each other once every two week to once a week to once every couple days to like sleeping over without having sex to saying you know whatever talking about the future like these kind of markable steps in a relationship where you can tell that things are um evolving and if it feels like you're just like in this thing where you see each other once a week have dinner have sex like text a couple times if you're feeling like it's staying static like that for a long time um then this might not be the right person for you or it might be and you may just have to ask because they may not have had a relationship before or really afraid to talk about their feelings or whatever but I think that in that situation if you are at like a plateau with someone and you do want to have the conversation what Kimmy said is exactly right it's like hey like I'd like to know if you know, what you want out of this relationship. I'd like us to be hanging out a little bit more regularly and to think about being exclusive. Yeah, I think that's great. Yeah, because you're right, Liza. To be honest, I feel like there is especially if you're a straight woman just because of all the stereotypes and and the norms, if you have that anxiety and nothing's been brought up, it's probably been going on for a while. If you're like me, I am generalizing, but I think it's okay because I think it applies uh rom-coms tells tell me it does but I personally felt like every time I was in that scenario there's a difference between feeling anxious about it like you feel like you have to say something or ask versus like just who's gonna say it first and they're like like kind of like you wouldn't ask like you wouldn't ask someone do you love me you'd say I love you first because you took that step so I think it needs to be similar like I want to be exclusive or I want to be your girlfriend Ugh. yeah Maybe like it's I almost like be in a relationship. I hate saying yeah. girlfriend boyfriend. <laughs> no, I know it feels so like juvenile, but then I also hate saying fiance, partner, husband, and everything else. I don't, I don't know why. I will ask my boo boo. Um, <laughs> like, no, truly, like, uh, 
I mean, I feel like there's certain things this this conversation comes up around consent, I think, sometimes, too, where it's like you're looking for enthusiastic forward motion when you're being sexual with someone. You're looking for someone. It, it's not just about waiting for someone to say no. It's about watching for enthusiasm and yeah. investment and presence and comfort and whatever. And it's on all of us to watch for those cues when we're being sexual with somebody. And I feel like there's a slight similarity in a relationship where it's like if you're not seeing enthusiasm, enthusiasm and um, excitement and, you know, the m- forward momentum, then like it might be a good time to kind of slow down and be like, hey, like, let's talk about, you know, if this is something that you're interested in. And like 80% chance in that scenario, again, being really stereo or heteronormative here, I feel like you're, yeah, you might, you kind of know the answer you're going to get, but like Mm -hmm. shoot your shot, say the thing. It's, it's a chapter in your life. It's a great exercise that I really never did concretely. I always like, you know, passive aggressively asked to understand it. So, yeah, I don't know. Don't be like me. Don't repeat my mistakes. Yeah. And sometimes, truly, like, you know, lots of people are really bad at talking about their feelings or carry a lot of, like, mm-hmm. trauma from their families or their past relationships, a lot of fear around that kind of, like, um, presence with someone else. I was sort of like that. And it took, I've talked about this a million times and I won't retell the whole saga, but it took Jeff just being like, hey, Sometimes I feel like you don't like me. Do you like me? <laughs> I like you. And like, I was like, oh, yes, I do. Sorry. I'm very, very fucked up. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, All right. occasionally it'll, it'll come around in your favor. Okay. What's the last one? Yeah, it will. It will. Okay. Let's do the last one. I was unmatched on an app and I'm feeling badly about it. Should I? It's like no. you knew we were going to say no. <laughs> no, but why? Yes, Liza. Absolutely not. Because you are not your app profile. That app profile is a two-dimensional, hundred-word, nothing summary of who you are as a person. And everyone is a neurotic disaster on the apps. Every single person. I have had so many friends out of nowhere just being like, I deleted all my apps. And it's like, okay, fine. Like, there are people on there who saw that and were like, oh, they unmatched me and they don't like me. Mm -hmm. And it's this and it's personal. It's that. And it's like, no, it's about something that's happening with them. And I would say everything that happens on an app is way more about the other person than you because you are not your app profile. Yeah, even when you start going on dates in the flesh, it's still for a while going to be mostly about the other person, not about you. You've got to be like deep in a relationship for the like end of it to actually be about you, I think personally. Because yeah, it could be about not feeling it all the way but that used to always drive me absolutely insane and I know I'm going away from the but the unmatched in real life once you're like three months in or something it's like what the f like we matched on all these things it's kind of similar to when you're like we got along on all these things we had pithy back and forth about like Seinfeld on the app or you had a good prompt you can't like run whether it's from an app conversation to just getting on the date or like the same distance from three months to being official or the same distance from like dating someone and like thinking it's going to be marriage. I think you can't get that far ahead of yourself and it's so much easier said than done, but it's not really about you until truly it is that that last sprint from like relationship to marriage. Then it might be about you and that it's still about them. It's still about both of you. Yeah. But on the app is when it's the least about you. Yeah. In the first like three months of dating, 
nothing is personal. I mean, that's a lie. Be, uh, there is a certain baseline of how you need to be treated just as a human being. Yes. And outs- yes. like, but it's people are bringing their unique, unique baggage and drama. Yeah, they are. On that note, let's take a break. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Uh, we're back. Young grandmother in the house. Liza and I were just criticizing our beautiful faces for the wrinkles on them. They're just like, and ugh. I'm- My podcast lighting is very, very bad. I would like to get a ring light. Yeah, we need ring. This is why we don't do video. Yes, but I was just remarking that I've become a young, a YG, a young grandmother instead of just like an old looking 30 Almost three year old. Um, oh, oh yeah, boy. so soon. Rinkies, I know it's fucking. I feel you now, Liza. Thirty three. Yeah, thirty three is, is a weird young. one, man. I'm like, oh, I am. I am an adult. I am it. Like I'm in it. You know, in it's not, it. It's and not a young, fresh age. You know, Tony is turning thirty five this year, so Damn. in twenty twenty two. Like, wow. So that yeah. I feel like there's like, you know, that's very scary to me. I will. Mm-mm. Not do yeah. so well with that. Okay. Uh, let's talk about how to turn a spark into a flame. So we are going to talk about an article by Esther Perel and Mary Alice Miller called Dating Advice for Turning a Spark into a Flame. We'll link it and I will read the intro. Wow. I could not be more obnoxious. <laughs> um, whenever we have a plan for the episode, I feel that I become a shock jock. But we're gonna <laughs> keep going with it. Um, first dates run the gamut. They can be exciting, exhausting, mysterious, boring, easy, or laborious. What determines the success or disappointment of a first date has less to do with an immediate spark, very Logan Yuri, and more to do with creating the right conditions for turning that spark into a lingering flame that leaves us burning to experience more. Mm. Let's just linger there, that lingering flame. That is right. It's not just about, oh, that first date was great, but creating the right conditions for turning that spark into a lingering flame that leaves us burning to experience more. Mm. Mm -hmm. When we're just beginning to connect with a new person, it's all about context, education, education, seduction, and connection. When dating is tough, it can feel like a game that we don't know how to play. But by focusing on these four areas, we can revel in an ungamified playfulness, that quality of romance, humor, and ease that, when combined with an authentic connection, inspires both parties to go deeper. Again, this is the great wisdom of Esther Perel, not ours. But I think I kind of played around on that education thing because it's not about who went to Harvard. Um, so we will talk through context, education, seduction, and connection. But Liza, what are your first thoughts on this This vibe, this article, how to integrate it into dating life and I mean it's like summing up everything we've been talking about for our our whole podcast history it's (laughs) really like but you know she can do it just better and shorter (laughs) but whatever (laughs) uh yeah I mean I think that this is exactly how sort of what our thesis statement of this podcast is is like you have to create the environment for connection like I continue to tell this to a friend of mine who has like 
some a lot of dating frustrations that are very understandable. But I'm like, you are not creating the context. You're not going mm-hmm. on dates. You're not, you know, you're like waiting for the perfect person to walk through the front door and for it to work right away. I, I sound like I'm being an asshole to this friend and I'm not. I promise I say it more delicately. But like to to experience connection, you have to it's like you you cannot go skiing if you don't go to the mountain. You know, you have to like rent the yeah. <laughs> could I could I have picked a bougier thing? I just don't know a lot of sports, but I do kind of know how to ski. But it's like you gotta you rent the equipment. You gotta get yeah. the you gotta get the snowsuit. It's a pain in the ass. And then you go and sometimes like the weather's really bad and you've spent money and time and it's like very frustrating. But then it's so fun when it works. It's like you but ha- you have to go. You have to do all these steps. Um and yeah. Again, I said that in a hundred words and she said it in like twelve. Yeah, so this first piece context is interesting to me because when they write in this article, um, EP and what was her name? Mary MAM, um, EP and MAM, uh, they talk about how, like, yeah, same noisy bar gets old, dinner and drinks, great, but like, what about playing a board game or playing tennis with someone or asking them to help us pick out a gift? Ooh, centering a date around thoughtfulness and generosity. This is stuff we have not thought about on this podcast. Um, yeah. Because we like, crowded noisy bars no but um really interesting like this whole section about context is really centered on if you really want to get to know somebody invite them and their friends to a party with your friends so you can see them interact with their friends and with your friends your friends have your best interests at the core of like how they're going to respond to this date um and your friends are going to be really generous about you so I thought this was very interesting and they even are like the worst case scenario, just nobody gets along. But like then it's a fun story. Like I I know there were apps called like, what was it? Like four people would go on a date. Like a group of girlfriends yes. and guy friends and hetero. Remember that date? That, yes. Yeah. We were like trying to put one together for a minute, but it was kind of hard to find. Yeah. And I I think that it would be very fun if there was someone or some thing facilitating not like singles parties but literally just like match on this app and then you take the other person to a party with friends like it will feel safer unless it should feel safer like group scenario I don't know or to a picnic I don't know I kind of like this Liza what do you think it's a wild idea for a first date but I do like it yeah I mean I think for a first date it's weird there's something about it that feels very like 1950s to me do you remember when it was like like, I'm coming and bring someone for my friend. But, like, I don't know. In a way that's kind of fun, you do have, like, an outlet. I think it would be fun, really fun for, like, a third date to be, like, hey, like, let's have a picnic with, like, some random friends or whatever. I don't know what the right thing is. Picnics yeah. are lame. I'm you old. bring your friends. I bring mine. Yeah. Because also, it re- I think it shows so much about someone, how they get to know, how, how they interact with someone they're, like, not trying to have sex with. That they're, you know what mm. I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I have always, it's always been really appealing to me when I've met friends, boyfriends, or significant others, and they, like, ask me questions about myself. And, it, you know, it doesn't have to be over the top, but just, where are you from? What do you do? What are what do you like to do in your free time? Whatever it is, you know? It shows yep. that someone is interested and and thoughtful and kind and, you know, makes an effort. And I think that's, like, a very important thing to learn early on. It's really easy to go on, like, 
eight to 10 dates with someone and not see them interact with someone that is not like you or a waiter or bartender or Uber driver. Yeah. And I like the third date because it, no one can like get cold feet there if they really like you, I feel like. I mean, you like a lot of people's third date is when they think about sleeping with that person. Like, how great would it be if this person was like, oh, yeah, I'll bring like a couple of my friends, meet your friends at this bar. Let it be a noisy bar. And then just like see how that goes. And it doesn't have to be perfect. But I think that's a very good, less intimidating context to set than like on a first date. So I like that, Liza. Who's going to try it and let us know how it goes? Yeah, somebody somebody give us a shout. You know what's funny is I feel like this is something we naturally do when we're younger. You know, mm-hmm. like in college, for example. It's like maybe you go out for like a dinner or you go get a coffee with, I don't know. I didn't go on a ton of dates in college, but the few I did, it was mostly like come hang out with this group of like, you know, or like we'll go get dinner and then we're all going to hang out with each other's friends or go to a group thing. And there, yeah, you really do. It does ex- expedite getting to know someone. I think I went on like no proper dates in college unless I had already like met that person at a party and probably hooked up with them. You I know? mean, like same. I really, I'm trying. Like, I was it, just like, I think I went but on no, two. In a good way, like we're very pro like proper first dates. But the reason most of us or myself, I'll just speak for myself. I'm sorry. I didn't do it until this podcast was because it's so intimidating and formal and overwhelming. And it just even if no one's picking you up from mom and dad, like it feels that way. And I yeah, I think it's very overwhelming. And I just enjoy the idea of you know, taking it back to those old days, not to bring up Winter House again, but I'm going to. Mm-hmm. I think my favorite part of that show was just like basically it being like, okay, this is this friend group. This is that friend group. Some of us know each other. Okay. And they're all models, but they're like, these are our friends of friends. It's like comical how much it's like, these are just, the friend is a casting director and that's their friends. You know, it's not really a friend of a friend, but okay. But just being in a house Like, I don't know if anyone's ever, like, done a weird weekend trip. Like, go on weekend trips even with your coupled up friends. Like, if try to get them to invite other people. But I feel like when you're spending time in a a party house like that or just a weekend away house, if you're, you know, a decrepit old 33-year-old like we are, um, I think you just see how people interact and how they handle, like, I don't know, picking rooms or what activities they do in the day. I don't know. Maybe that was part of why I was so charmed by the show. Yeah. Do they do the dishes? Do they totally like not? And my aunt and uncle met this way. (laughs) They were on here and here it goes skiing again. They were on a group ski trip and my uncle was not helping. And my aunt went over and she didn't know him well. And she was like, why aren't you helping? You have to help. (laughs) And now they've been married for like 35 years. I Um, love your aunt. Uh, It's Auntie Jane. Well, the context is go on, go find a winter house. <laughs> no, just kidding. Just kidding. But winter's coming. I want to. If you do, we will come. Okay. <laughs> okay. Next, we will talk about the education piece, which I kind of giggled at because it's not, because in my, you know, very shallow mind, I'm like, <laughs> where'd you go to school? Just kidding. So dating advice. Think of it as an education, not an interview. I have, I love are Esther, but I do feel like this sounds cheesier than it actually is. So I think that this section of the article, which again, encourage you to read, is that, you know, we like to think we come into a a first date thinking we're really open-minded, but really we still have that checklist vibe. And as much as we, I can say, you know, I had the wrong checklist and I was so, you know, caught up in things that don't actually matter. It's just 
a thing that we do. And if you've been in a relationship before, like you're probably going to base your checklist on that last person, even if it didn't work out or whatever. So I think that the, the point of this section is thinking of it as an education, not an interview, is not, you know, asking questions that allow you to check those boxes, but trying to just learn about the person. Like, are they a cool person? And we have talked about that. But I really like this set of questions in this part of the article that Liza we can read through. Um, just because someone doesn't check all of our boxes doesn't mean they have don't have something to offer that we've never thought of before. And then she asks us to answer the following questions honestly. Okay, Liza, I'm going to ask you, but I'll also reply. Okay, great. When you And I'm asking everyone listening. When you go on a first date, do you tend to talk more or listen more? Talk more. <laughs> talk more. Me it's too. probably that good. <laughs> do you ever – I don't know if this is a quiz. I don't know if we get a score. I don't think we do, but we can score ourselves. Do you ever find yourself listing off your resume? Yes. When I was dating, yes. I don't think I would – if I was dating now, I don't think I would do that. Yeah. Because yeah, I think it's not that great. What topics do you tend to focus on during a first date? Why? Hmm. This one, I, I do think it's just wherever the conversation goes. Yeah. I think that I would focus on school, job, like back and forth, both people's. Where you live, what you like, where you like bars and restaurants. It was like bar. It was my interest. It was like bars and restaurants. And movies and TV. And like looking back, definitely not all the people I went – like those are pretty normal interests. But like I – maybe a little too much forced like what I was interested in on the other person, you know? But I mean everyone's interested in that stuff. And it says a lot. It says a lot. You don't want to date someone with horrible taste in movies and TV. <laughs> I think that's okay. But again – I'm not a stare. We'd have to I almost don't mind that as much as if someone like clearly didn't. Yeah. Um, I feel like if though, if someone was not at all interested in going out to eat or to drinks, that would almost be more of a red flag for me, which is insane. But. You know. No, same. I mean, you've got to you've got to have shared some shared interests and. It's fine. It's like how I spend some, my weekends. Yeah. And also, like, if you guys don't like to do the same shit, it's going to be hard to date each other, you know? Yes. yes. Um. Oh, I like this last top. This last question. What topics do you tend to avoid? Why? Uh, I, whoa, I was going to be like, I would avoid, like, the trauma of my life or my mom dying. But then I brought that up a lot because I was dating very close to her death. So, oh, very cool. Um... I actually think I would I would talk about my resume more now. I used to like try to avoid that because I didn't feel like I had so much to brag about at certain points when I was dating, um, especially thinking about like, well, I'm applying to school and I haven't gotten in yet, but like our, our production company is doing this. But it was like – it was a weird moment when I feel like I went on the most dates in my life. Um, what else do I avoid? Podcast. <laughs> podcast real hard avoid there <laughs> what do you what would you avoid Liza or what do you think you like, did avoid 
politics, too many feelings. I feel like my crutch on first date was trying to be too like witty, bantery, surface, jokey, yeah. but I'm sh- like, you know, I think I tried to avoid anything that was like kind of deep, which is fun. I mean, it, uh, sometimes you just don't feel comfortable on a first date, but I also think that like that pointed to like a bigger issue that I had and have, which is sometimes just wanting to like make a joke out of everything yeah I feel like I would shut down around anything vulnerable which Mm -hmm. again I think that's like what we were taught to do on first dates but I don't know if it's right and Esther does not think so yeah because it's like you know we're always I feel like we were often taught that like if you show that you're you have feelings or blah blah blah, then you're crazy. You're like a crazy woman. You gotta you gotta be cool on a first date. Like I think that was it. I tried to keep it kind of cool, and that's not the right. I don't think that's yeah. I don't think I would do. I I hope and think that I wouldn't do that now with like many years of therapy and like a little bit more self actualization under my belt. By no means complete in that department, but just a little further than I was last time. I was like actively dating. I also think I avoided anything deep in terms of like what topics do you tend to avoid? The other person. Like, yeah, I'd ask all the normal questions, but I actually did not ask the questions we ask our daters if they've been asked on a first date. Like, I just felt like I wasn't allowed to. I also, oh my God, that's the shit I would do. I'd be like, oh my God, like, what's your relationship like with your mom? Like, I would put it on them so that I didn't have to get vulnerable. I loved like asking questions that were like a little over the line. Not really, like, nothing crazy, but just. No, I think that's good. I think that's why, okay, I've seen Liza in the wild. If someone hits on Liza in the wild, it will like go on the whole night. They'll try to take her home. Like people fall for Liza in the wild. Like that's simply never happened to me because I'm such a little bitch. It's not true. It's literally just because I'm so terrified of exposing any of myself to other people that I just ask them a million questions about themselves. And then they're like, this woman understands me and it's like no you just haven't asked me anything about myself and I just keep firing off like oh wow that must have been so hard for you how did you deal with that you know (laughs) just other people people love to talk about themselves I mean hey I I have a podcast but like (laughs) (laughs) but it's true you ask good questions and that's important and kind of the whole point of dating um so here are some some suggestions on what you can ask your date from our legendary EP. I I think you all know who I'm talking about now. Sorry. Um, what is your favorite topic to be asked about on a first date? I feel like there's a way you could say this in a little bit more of a chill fashion. Like, like, right? Like, it would be weird if I was like, what is your favorite topic to be asked about on a first date? You could just be like, what, like, what's your go-to first date story? I don't know. Yeah, or like, what's a fun first date topic? You know, like, I feel like sometimes yeah. just being like, What's fun to talk about on a first date? What's like not boring? Let's not talk about our break jobs the fourth wall. Yeah, exactly. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what questions would you like to ask me, but are too afraid to ask? That's so in- too much. Hard too disagree, much. EP for for like the first time ever. <laughs> yeah. What is something that you, about you that surprises people when they find out? That's, That's a fun. Great question. I love that. What's your? What would your answer be to that? On a first date, then I'm a Scorpio. Oh. Because I'm not betchy yet. People think I'm nice and sweet, but I'm not. Uh, no. Uh, what about – what would your I, answer be like? I have no idea. Only because 
I feel like this is something I never have when people are like, what's a fun fact about? I'm like, I don't know. I have a nut allergy. Like, I literally say the most boring shit where I'm like, this is just something like slightly unique, but not interesting. That's usually what ends up happening. It's me yeah. being like, I have a dog. Um, uh, whatever. It's so stupid. I, I don't have a good like surprise. Maybe I'd be like, I have a podcast. Uh, mm, that's a good surprise. <laughs> What a little bitch. And then they would know she's a Scorpio. Um, what's your least favorite part of dating? How do you feel about asking someone this on a first date? Is it too negative or it does it break the ice? I kind of like it. In that in that thing of like, I think if you can get one level below the surface, it's useful. But I think you have to have a little bit of like padding around it. I would kind of be like, do you go on a lot of first dates? Are you exhausted of them? Like, what do you, what's your least favorite part of all of this? You know, like, I think you could, yeah. you can make that be a, like, we can connect over the fact that first dates are hard and dating is hard. Like, we're both here. We both know it's hard. The next two are way too earnest. And I understand that I am not an expert therapist, but I will not be asking them if I ever go on a date again. What do you hope for when you go on dates? Mm-mm. I'd rather just be like, what are you looking for? Like, yeah. What? And how do you think this one is going so far? Oh, my gosh. If someone asked me that on the first day, I'd be like, well, it was going great until you asked me that. The and now o- I feel like <laughs> a mess. Sorry. The only I context where you can ask that question is if you're like boning on a first date and you say it ironically. You're like, so how do you think the date's going? Finger guns. No, don't do that <laughs> <Yes>. either. <laughs> but Agreed. like that's the only time I could ever literally as a joke if we're like having sex. <laughs> yeah. The questions are too earnest, though. I understand that means I have a problem. But if you can get at the truth of some of these questions without saying them like that, I do think it would be useful. A hundred percent, Liza. Okay, the next bucket is to seduce and be seduced. Um, Okay. These questions, there's some question asking here that I almost think, I don't know. I'll read the questions really quickly because, yes, seduction is really important. It, It, like, start to you know, I think this is maybe more of a like not first date thing, but like trying to go from the spark to the to the actual relationship. You're exploring each other's boundaries, trying to figure out who each other are when it comes to sex. But this first question I'm fine with. What is your idea of a perfect romantic evening? What is an aspect of sexuality that feels mysterious to you? Where is the strangest place you've had sex? Yes, that's a fun one once you're like in it. And what non-sexual thing feels sexual to you? I like the last one because I don't know my answer. I kind of love these questions. I mean, again, not for a first date, but like, I also think it's kind of useful to talk to, to hashtag normalize <laughs> talking about sex, like out of a sexual context. Like, I think that was mm-hmm. a really big step forward to, for me in my relationships was when I could like at the bar or over dinner be like, you know. Where's the where's yeah. the place you have sex? Because it's sexy to talk about those stuff out those things out in the world, and it takes the pressure off of it actually being a sexual situation. And then you actually get to learn something sexual. Like I love the what non sexual thing hot. feels sexual to you. That's such a yeah. good question. I want to go ask Jeff that right now. I don't know. We've been sleeping together Same. for eight years. What's yours, yeah. Liza? What's yours? We can't not. <laughs> the first thing that popped to my, to my head will actually have you commit me to jail. So, oh my god, it I can't feel wait. Sexual, it feels satisfying. Tell me, no, it's so bad. Tell <laughs> I me, can't. I love picking my split ends, but it doesn't feel <laughs> sexual. 
<laughs> oh my god it's I just love what popped that. into my head i'm so sorry the non-sexual thing that feels sexual to me are the sad scenes and scenes for a mar- from a marriage so i don't know what the <laughs> fuck our therapist would do with that but it's something yeah i love picking my split ends non-sexual thing feels sexual to you that is such a good question i don't have a like i have to think about it like honestly like eating <laughs> i know eating like like eating having... a really good meal in like a romantic restaurant i mean i guess that's kind of romantic but like there's something really sexy about like sharing a special meal yep. together but you know i think seeing live amazing performance or seeing a great movie in the theater weirdly not too great people out but like makes I don't feel like sexual but like that again maybe maybe it's not so outlandish to say like picking a split end because it's like this like satisfaction so maybe I associate being sexual with satisfaction which probably is better than how I used to associate sex I don't know but totally but that's but what a fun even just like the two of us as friends we're like oh my god this is a fun conversation like I am yep. genuinely going to ask Jeff this tonight because I just think it's like a cool conversation to have with your partner and it can open yeah. up pathways like when you do it in a non yeah out of the bedroom or wherever you usually have sex. Um, it's such a good question that I almost don't know how to interpret it. Which yeah. Is a really good question. Yeah. Um, All right. The end piece connection or no ke- connection follow up. Liza this is pretty straightforward. And this but- is exactly what we always say. Just yep. follow up. Yeah. And I don't know if Esther goes as far as saying this, but basically it's she, what she's saying is if you enjoy the date, say so. If you didn't enjoy the date, say so. Don't ghost. Yep. Tell them. Communicate. And I would also say if you were in the middle, go on. This is where I would say like on the fence, yeah. go on a second date. Just do it. Just fucking do it. It's one. It's one. Yep. It's an hour and a half. And we've had so many cool people on who have spoken to this, but it's fun just because it's a stare. Like to be like, what does she say about when you don't enjoy the first date? She said, you don't need to find an excuse or supply an explanation. Here's her text. I very much enjoyed meeting you. That said, I didn't feel a connection between us, so I don't know that we will meet again. I think you're a wonderful wonderful person and I wish you all the best. I think we use some different verbiage in there, but like, yeah, I always think like, Here's the thing. Maybe when we've talked about this when we were earlier on in this podcast or when I was going on dates, I don't think I gave as much credit to that end piece of like, I think you're great. Like even after one day being like, you were great. It was really cool meeting you. I just didn't feel a connection. Like wishing you the best. I think there are ways you can almost do the thing that women get criticized for doing in texts and emails. Like have the exclamation points. Like it's not a bad thing. It's friendly. It's saying, hey, I genuinely thought you were great unless they were awful to you. Like, wishing you the best. Maybe don't say it in that way, but, like, I think we're all evolving. I feel like it's – Yeah. Yeah. No, sorry. I I feel like it's also – even, like, giving feedback – I'm giving and getting a lot of feedback on my writing. But I feel like it's even, like, giving feedback sometimes where you can, like – you could even sandwich it a little bit. Like, you can say, like, hey, I'm still laughing at that story you told me about the iguana or whatever. You know, you can say, like, you can – I feel like you can call out – moments in the date that you genuinely did enjoy if they if you did enjoy them and if they were there if someone told you a great story or you laughed at someone's joke or you know you guys ate something so delicious together and connected over that like Mm -hmm. I think you can say even one of those things in the text be like oh my god I had so much fun it was so fun trying this like food with you like great time I just like I don't feel a romantic connection um but I I genuinely think you're awesome and wish you the best you know, yeah, like, I because, would be happy to receive that text of like, cool. 
Like, Me too. And it's not like blowing smoke or whatever. It's a date. Like it's a first date. And you know what? Life and the world and everything you read is so hard. Like let's just be kind to each other and then like encourage each other to, to keep putting ourselves out there by being as nice as possible in that like letdown text. And also giving the letdown text at all is really nice, you know, because you're not ignoring. So fuck yeah. Okay. Let's do a really quick Reddit chip, Liza. I'm going to say, I'm going to read it so quick. You're going to respond to it so quick and I'm going to respond to it. I, I've, I've been babbling away. So you're going to respond to it so quick and then we're going to say bye-bye and we'll see you guys next week. But before then, our Reddit chip. My GF started alerting me. Me and my GF started being together six weeks ago. That's funny. Hmm. During the last days and always while being at her stressful shifts at her job among many other lovely messages such as I love you, I miss you so much, hearts, etc. She texted me, I will look for another you. You have not sent me the I love you so today. I love you 60% and dropping. Sorry, I got jumbled. It's a little jumbled in the text, but... Since both of us work at job sites under different shifts and also she's under a great deal of pressure at her job due to her responsibilities, not that different from mine, by the way, I understand those texts are not to be taken literally and are more like love test alerts, in quotes, that I should be more present through texts and calls for her to be more relaxed and confident during her most difficult hours of the day, since I know she misses me so much while at her job site in her stressful workplace. And to make an extra effort to be together while the shift passes until we can see each other again. However, since we've both never been in long-term relationships, those phrases still make me feel very bad, leaving me with the strong wish of the very opposite action of not texting nor calling her, which I actually do after those texts, and even wishing to leave her free to go, freedom she already has and can have at any time. Since we only started dating six weeks ago, is this okay? Should I ignore the literal texts and be more present? after those love test alerts or should I tell her those alerts are a severe turnoff okay so there's a little bit of um a me not reading this whole thing through previously but I just was dead at the love let's zoom out love test alerts Liza yay or nay? I mean nay <laughs> big nay and obviously like this is an extreme example but I feel like this happens in every relationship I do it to do- I do it too I've done it too where I'm like I'll literally, we'll just be eating and I'll be like, do you even love me? And Jeff will just be like, yes, stop. Fucking kidding me. <laughs> and like, yeah. And he'll do it to me. He does it to me as much or more. Like, it's just, we do it. But if it feels like there are strings attached, if it feels like without the proper response, like anyone saying, I love, if someone else said to me, I love you 60% and dropping, <laughs> I'd be like, okay, night night. That can just go ahead and fall right off the cliff. Like, it's using those kind of things as a way to control the other person is where it gets really, really, that's that's where I'm I'm out, Shark Tank style. Yep. And it's six weeks and you're saying I love you. I don't know what that I love you means, not to judge this couple, but like, you're writing into Reddit ships and someone is saying I love you 60% dropping. Maybe that love was not so fully developed yeah. at the beginning. So, yeah. Yeah. So if you're listening and you're feeling like, oh, wish I was in a six week saying I love you relationship, maybe nope. don't wish that. Um, you're doing just fine not being in one of those. <laughs> you're doing amazing, sweetie. <laughs> 
We love you. We will film your wedding for Hulu when it happens. <laughs> uh, we are your Chris Kardashians, and that's it. We we want to promote you. We want to support you. We want to encourage you and take photos of you. So <laughs> thank you for listening, and Chris Jenner, Chris Kardashian, listen to me. I mean, you know, we're all doing <laughs> the best again. You're doing amazing, sweetie. I can't stop it. I, I, it's I too feel much. like it's I too always Freudian slip on that because I'm like, you know where you you know you started this family. Well, um, also because the Kardashian name is everywhere. Um, guys, we love you so much. Enjoy yourself and go on a date. That's part of it.